0: Recent interest in the last Subaraya has been global, even from a certain notorious art collector in Moscow. Well. Wow. Bottom line, some wealthy people will pay handsomely for this piece. Well, my museum is very interested in acquiring it. I hope we can come to terms. This is crazy. One second, I'm some guy working at a Best Buy in Fullerton, then suddenly I've got a pot of gold right in front of me?
1: Chicken feed. I can do much better than that.
0: Excuse me. This is a private meeting. Wade Cruz. Mr. Cruz is a penchant for absconding with artwork the museum had hoped to acquire. I'm of something.
1: Come on,
0: we're gonna go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways.
1: Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul, and hey guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you enjoyed part of our conversation about last week's uh, Creep Show episode, uh, Skeletons in the Closet, and a familiar. I think we had, a, I think we had a good talk. It's just, my gosh, um, I still have a seething hatred for that first part of that episode. So I don't know if you guys were aware of that last week. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you are talking about. <laughs> to, the, to the point, to the point <laughs> that like uh, Terry brought up to me before we started recording is he like, hey, you know. This episode is going to be our 200th. Do we want to say anything? I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. We'll, we'll mention it. So we absolutely forgot to mention that last episode that we did was our 200th official episode of Strange Highways. So I want to just tell everybody um, we're we're going, to, we're going to celebrate tonight our 201st episode. <laughs> Thank you guys for being here. I don't know who celebrates the two hundred and first, but I just feels heard like the first time. Two hundred and first time, right? <laughs> so there we go. You gotta get the party horns in there. So there you go. Welcome to the two hundred and first episode of the podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah There, yeah. Hooray. Hooray. <laughs> yeah, we We did it again. Yeah. One more episode. One more, right? And then you're gonna will be like, what's next week? Two hundred and two. I'm kidding. All right, so, <laughs> uh, so yeah. Anyway, uh, so this week we're going to be into Creep Show season three, episode three, the last Subaraya, and okay, I'll bite. Um, but before we get into that, though, we actually do have some Twilight Zone related news. That doesn't happen often. Um, so uh, according to Bloody Disgusting, um, the original Twilight Zone series, which we just recently wrapped up here, and I guess I should also reset saying this is a Twilight Zone podcast. Uh, we did watch uh, the original uh, 60 series. We got through all five seasons. We're not taking a break till 2021 before we get to the 80s Twilight Zone. So we're just having some some uh, detours here. That's why we're getting into some more. So there's show. no real false advertisement there, people. If you found your way here, we yes. don't typically discuss... Creep show only. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, but yeah, we'll, we'll be getting to more Twilight Zone soon. We, we promise. Uh, so um, Paramount's actually releasing a, a complete series, uh Blu-ray of the original series for $72.99 for pre-order. So this, they, they, supposedly they call this a budget release, which I know there's been a Blu-ray release of the Twilight Zone previously. And so I have not pulled the trigger on it. This one I'm going to, because it says extras that are including in here is, The original pilot uh, with Rod Sterling's sponsor pitch, because he actually... Had a really good encapsulation of what the show was supposed to be about, and I've seen parts of it. That's kind of fun. Uh, audio commentary by cast and crew, interviews with cast and crew, audio commentary by the Twilight Zone companion author uh, Mark Scott Sacre. So I'm like, why can't we get the other guy, the one that I wrote that wrote the better book? I don't know. Anyway, of the three that we used to like, kind of, can we have them? can we have Martin Graham's Jr. come on to talk? Anyway, so uh, isolated music scores, that's cool. So you get a lot of the Bernard Herman stuff, radio dramas, that'll be fun, and more. Um, you know, so that means you might get some interviews with him. I don't know. So yeah, so that, that's like, I did the math here real quick, uh, without counting for sales tax, what we're looking at is 156, 156 episodes it's $73 that works out to uh, less than a dollar per episode. On this Blu-ray. That's a bargain.
0: Right? Well, unless you're including the Bard in that. You got it, that one. Well, I mean...
1: Yeah, that, you're paying yeah, too much yeah, for that one. Yeah, the, the Bard, the Bard's free. He's got, you, know, you got to take the good and the bad, and there's a lot of bad here, That's too.
0: awesome that they have a bunch of extras on there. I'm glad it's not just something that they're dialing in. It's just another, well, like... Even
1: if this was just a straight-ahead, just set with no extras, like Blu-ray, like high definition, like nice, crisp... Like, even... I, they probably even did their best with the, the videotaped episodes, too, to kind of, like, upscale them. Um, I would still pay... 73 dollars for this you know what i mean yeah yeah but the fact that there is extras perfect so yeah the pre-orders are going to be up um i know i'm getting it and it's gonna be coming out soon and uh everybody should uh, if you if you love the twilight zone and and you can't we can't always guarantee that these things stay on streaming services which we found out because it did get pulled from netflix after a while because of rights issues or renewal uh paramount plus does have it up there because they do own it but you know, there's no guarantee that the things that are available to you now are going to be always available at the touch of like, you know, a finger. So like, why not have touch of a finger touch of a remote? Like, I guess you could touch a finger with a finger. Anyway, that does not, that's what I'm saying. But like, um, I'll, I'll be honest, like Terry, I was uh, sitting down this weekend, getting ready to watch a movie for the other show that I do. And I have a box set of Friday 13th to the right of me that has like the first like eight movies. And I was going to watch Friday five and I'm like, is it streaming somewhere? Because I did not want to get out of my recliner and pick up the Blu-ray, put it in. But I own it, just in case that I wasn't able to find it streaming, which I was. So, I'm a lazy person. We
0: we do the same thing. Like shows that we already have the DVDs, and that they're still streaming on the, some kind of services. And it's that all of our DVDs for shows
1: are less than five feet away from the Blu-ray
0: player. Well, yeah, but I mean,
1: it's like, <laughs> it's I mean, like, growing up, like if you had like a, like a set of a series, it's like, that was your go-to and that's how you're going to do it. But it's like, it's like, Oh wait, the, the world's here at like, you know, I can, I, it's like, so you spend more time. Like I literally spend more time going through the various streaming services available to me than it would have taken me to get up, fight gravity, reach over, <laughs> walk three spaces over and just put the, the Blu-ray in. Right. So then, um, so <laughs> the, the struggle is real sometimes, I'm which, which I'll, I'll say that what actually happened was like the, the day after, um, I, uh, was sitting down and I was trying to find a mystery science theater episode that I really wanted to watch, which I happened to have on DVD beside me. And it took me to, like, my wife was coming downstairs. I was like, Hey Mary, can you put that in the, the player for me? She's like, yeah. So I didn't have to get up. So it was still kind of a cheat. <laughs> like, <laughs> Anyway, long story short, I'm lazy and this is cheap. Go buy it. I'm also lazy and cheap, so go buy it. That's what I got to say there.
0: Yeah, and if your parents are watching the show, they love the show or whatever, maybe they don't have a streaming media service. You know, like, this is perfect for them. You
1: know, yeah, and also like you know, if you if you buy this and you're like, hey, maybe I want to watch this in order and listen to the conversation going along, like it's not a, it's not an added bonus to the actual Blu-ray, but you know, I don't go back. Well, there's a lot of conversation to be had about this, so it's not exactly episode commentary because you're in real time. You're going to r- run out of episode real quick. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but anyway, there you go. That's our Twilight Zone news. So right. yeah. yeah, so uh, into our notes we go. I guess yeah. Okay. So we're going to get into Creepshow season three, episode three. The last Subaraya. okay, I'll bite. Again, this is available on Shudder. Um, fun service. Uh I'm starting I'm starting to come to a thesis statement about creep show theory, and maybe I'll save that for the end, but it's fun. It's just yeah, you know, we'll we'll get there. It's just yeah, you know, anyway, let's just get into the last Subariah first. All
0: right, so okay. uh starting with that, we uh, got our uh hold on a second here. I got my wrong notes. All right. So uh director for this is uh Jeffrey January. Uh, second, second, um, and assistant director on a, a lot yeah, of different it's, it's TV shows,
1: official director credit, but he's done a lot of assistant directing. You're right.
0: Right. Yeah. He's like, he's bounced between second unit directing and assistant directing on a lot of different unit uh, shows in that, including walking dead and Creepshow. show. So this is his first real like directorial on his own for the creep show series. So we did second unit stuff for other episodes. Uh, outside of that, I don't really know any other credits for him.
1: Yeah, uh, I think you're right. It's pretty much like I mean, again, he's working the ranks. Like, and I think the direction of this episode's actually there's a lot of cool stuff going yeah. on. So uh, he, he
0: has know. an eye for it. Yeah, yeah it's good. Right. So he's got great. to make his, he's got to make his uh, his chops somewhere along okay. the lines. But uh, yeah. and then here are, we have our writer credits. Uh, it's two writers on this episode: uh, Paul Dini. And then um, uh, also we have a uh, Stephen Langford. So they wrote this together. Yeah. So uh, to give some uh, background to uh, Paul Denny first, uh, two other episodes of Creep Show, also written with uh, Stephen Langford, and he also did two episodes of Monsters and a lot of cartoons like He Man, Batman the animated series, like lots and lots of cartoon stuff.
1: So not to not to get too far in the weeds here, but when you say he's done cartoons and did Batman. He is the, like you remember Batman, the animated series. Oh yeah. And I love it. You need to thank Paul Denny for that because he didn't actually have a background in like, uh, in superheroes and comics before then. And his writing there, like made that show what it was and how it's kind of stood the test of time. He's actually the co-creator of Harley Quinn. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So I, I, it's one of those things that like now you, there's the new suicide squad movie. Harley Quinn's kind of, kind of become this big DC character. Uh, Paul Denny's thanks for that. Um, he actually like, yeah, he he's influenced a lot of comics going forward because there weren't too many characters. I think that might be the one that was created for the cartoon that actually made the, the the it made it into the comics and became canon like for DC. So that's a big deal. And Harley Quinn's like a big deal in terms of like popularity, of right? course. That's, yeah, yeah, and so especially then, nowadays. Yeah, and so he did a lot of that. Uh, he did uh, he wrote some Tiny Toon Adventures along with Stephen Langford. He also wrote some episodes of Clerks the cartoon. There was only six episodes of that, so. Uh, it makes me really excited when I remember that he wrote some of that as well. Uh, Paul Denny, like he is like, if you, you like, there's not like a Mount Rushmore of like, you know, like comic careers. Cause I mean, he came in through animation, but he's a, he's a big deal when it comes to this kind of thing now in terms of animation and like superheroes. So when I saw that he had written co-written this, it's just like a, th- what they call when you watch wrestling and something happens, you call you you pop for it. You're like, I was like, Oh shit. Paul Diddy, like I popped for it. That, it was exciting. Yeah,
0: that, that was really cool. And especially since he's been working on this kind of stuff, I mean, you know, he did He-Man and that. we're yeah. talking early 80s. So like even before I was born, he was, he, he was getting, he already the, knew how
1: to write short, short, uh, form media. Right. And, and he also knew how to write for a particular type kind of audience.
0: Correct. Yeah. So then, um, getting back to uh, Stephen Langford here, the other writing credit, um, uh, did some episodes of Family Matters and Silver Spoons
1: outside of working with Paul He was King. the co-creator of Urkel. I have no idea if that's true or not. <laughs> I just wanted to like... Uh, Urkel and Stefan. Yeah. But, <laughs> 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 did he do that? We don't know. Perhaps. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <that laughs> cast we go.
0: So it's uh, leading us off here. I so just like appreciate Terry. just just ran right on by <laughs> me
1: being a dummy. I like that a lot. Continue, yes, please.
0: Um, we got Brandon Quinn uh, plays Wade Cruz. Uh, 64 episodes of big, big wolf on campus. I don't, not really familiar with it, but that's a pretty big credit. I,
1: I um, I hear what the, you want the, the synopsis. I thought this was great. I think this feels like, I think it's a Canadian produced show because something like this that exists this long, that isn't like, uh, in the U S syndicated, it feels yeah. like a Canadian production. You know what I mean? Like there's just things where it's like, Oh, that's popular in Canada. Like Brian Adams. Uh, but, um, or, um, yeah, anyway, um, What was it? uh, I was trying to think of some of those Canadian bands that had like one hit here, but I can't remember now because my brain's a piece of crap. Um, Bachman Turner Overdrive. I don't know. Anyway, um, (laughs) no, they did. They did pretty good. Um, Crash Test Dummies. There you go. Are they Canadian? I don't know. I'm almost positive. Sure. All right. So Big Wolf on Campus, um, Our Lady Peace. That was the band I was trying to think of. They're big. Yeah. but, But name one other song they did. Give me some time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, <laughs> anyway, uh, Superman's teenager, dead. That you're, well, that's you're right. That's the one. Uh, a teenager who becomes a werewolf after being bitten by one on a camping trip uses his new abilities to protect his hometown from other supernatural entities. So, but it also sounds like uh, he's also going to college and trying to juggle like that whole like you know you know student by day werewolf by night like you know how do you like how do you make a job out of that you know it's like if like Scott from Teen Wolf had to yeah. move on from you know, like it's just like listen we're going to give you a scholarship for being a werewolf so just please like, protect everybody a and then we can give you some credit we will make sure that you're able to keep working like, towards your degree yeah you know and no hiking your leg um <laughs> it's like but you could only be a park ranger uh, <laughs> that's the only degree we're going to make for, for studies or whatever and any uh Mr. Quinn also did some Episodes of Entourage as well. Okay. So uh, I got like John Ham vibes from him, like big time Don Draper, John Ham, like that kind of like just
0: like, uh, yeah, like yeah. An almost,
1: I don't want to say stoic,
0: but like a very, he's got a chiseled like look yeah, he, to him. He,
1: very, very good looking dude, but the way he carries himself with that confidence and the way that he owns the room felt very Don Draper to me, like completely different characters, but. Like if you did a prequel to Mad Men and had him be like John Hamm's character like ten years before that series, I would buy it. That's yeah. that's a fair
0: statement. Yeah. I mean, he plays the the millionaire douchebag really well. So <laughs> it's weird that Paul Diddy
1: wrote this and he also wrote for Bruce Wayne a lot. Unrelated, I don't know. It's <laughs> weird. <laughs> he probably told him, like, I need you to be a really douchey he, version of Bruce Wayne. He's like, oh, so Bruce Wayne. He's like, okay, let's All go right. with it. So, uh
0: next here we have Jade uh Fernandez. Uh she plays Giza. Um 22 episode credits, uh, other, well, 22 yeah. credits, uh, otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, out of this. And she was an episode of, uh, law and order SVU along with other shows. That's all yeah, I got
1: her one episode of Atlanta. So she's up and coming. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, and then uh, next here we have Gina, her nine, I'm, I'm that's, this is a difficult uh, one for me. I think you, okay. Yeah. And then she plays, uh, Dr. Maya Sato, uh, 75 credits. Doom Patrol is one of those, and a bunch of other TV work, and t- uh, lots of made-for-TV movies.
1: Well, okay, so again, I'm uh, like, there's a movie she was in called The Fast and the Fierce. Terry, based upon that title, what studio do you think produced that and released it? Oh, gee, uh, I don't know, maybe Asylum. Jesus Christ, yeah. So, oh. did you see the art? Did you see the artwork for do this you- or no? No. <laughs> oh. I I just, uh, this is not the the, the place for this, but I despise the asylum, but here is, here is the the premise for this film, right? When terrorists plant a bomb on a commercial flight, the passengers aboard the plane must fight to keep the plane in the air and all the passengers alive. The bomb is rigged to detonate whenever the plane dips below 800 feet. Also, there's a werewolf. I'm kidding. I did. I added that last part, but is Dennis
0: Hopper on the plane? (laughs) Like,
1: why does this sound so much? The corpse of Dennis Hopper is
0: dragging the plane down. you know. That sounds too close to speed. All yeah, right.
1: yeah, but it's that. But it's like, but we got to go out the fast and the fierce. You uh, know? Yeah. Anyways, so next year we have it's uh, a paycheck. Uh, yeah, right. It's a living. All right, continue. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, next we have Kenny uh, Alfonso uh, plays Mitch Donklin. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I recognized was he was in the Bay, and uh, it's about bugs, those oh, mutated yeah, yeah. bugs. I didn't
1: realize that that movie's actually. It's not perfect, but it's upsetting. I I haven't seen it, but it looks terrifying. I don't yeah, it, know if I want um, to see it though. It's not really bugs, it's all oh, what do they call them? Like crustaceous, uh, like, yeah, it, like it, the crustaceous, like like the crabs. There, there's like an early there's a version of like a like a crustacean, like you're mentioning, something like it's a deep sea life that exists still, that has been around since like dinosaur times. Yeah. And it's like it affects this bay. And it's like there and the thing is like the way this this thing works, it will get into people's heads and like bite down on their tongue and replace the tongue. Because that's how this, uh, this thing actually functions in with fish. Yeah. Like it will actually uh, take the tongue away and become the tongue Mm -hmm. so it can keep like feeding. And so imagine that with people and the, their mouths. Um, it's again, it's not perfect, but it's a good one of those eco terror movies. Yeah, it like, sounds, it's, it sounds it's, it's like a great bad. premise. Yeah.
0: Buddy told me about this. It sounds great, and yeah. I don't know why I haven't I mean, gotten it, to it yet.
1: I don't expect much, but it's you could dirt, certainly do less. You know, it's I don't know. I dug it. It's just it's upsetting, especially when you realize that these creatures are real. It's just that how they're portrayed here, like the transmission vector, isn't real, but if you look, I forget the name of the creature, but if you look them up, you'll find photos of these things, but like two, three feet long on like the sides of submarines and stuff. It's like, it's upsetting.
0: Yeah. I I had to look those things up just to know what the hell my buddy was talking about. Cause he kind of a science buff was telling me, I was like, yeah, those things are scary looking. (laughs) I don't like them.
1: (laughs) It's like, imagine a pill bug, but like three feet long. It's kind of what it's like, cause pill bugs are kind of descendants of this stuff too. Right. But yeah. Um, so what I have for him as well is, um, well, it a, he's cast multiple times as a father or as a board member.
0: <laughs> I get the it, board member thing, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and then next here we have uh, Joe Anto Siri. I think it's Percy.
1: Joe, Joe Ando Hirsch. I Hirsch. think that's, yeah, that's okay. Bobby Tanaka.
0: Yeah. And, uh, uh uh, the the credit that I knew uh, was uh, Walking Dead. Some Walking Dead. We're going to see a lot of Walking Dead people. You're I think we're going to see a lot series. of
1: overlap here because I think a lot of the shoots in like Seattle. So that's why we see a lot of the CW stuff as well. I'm sure there's a lot in Atlanta. Well, the Walking Dead's Atlanta. You're right. I'm sorry, but like we get like to Black Lightning and some other crossover stuff we talked about recently. A lot of the CW stuff has shot in Vancouver, so there might be similar casting. But right. you're right. Like you're right because Walking Dead and Atlanta are shot in Atlanta, so maybe maybe this is where this is. I don't know.
0: And then, so. uh, next here we have, uh, Joseph Stephen Yang plays, uh, to, uh, t- uh t- so, Is that how it's pronounced again? Yeah. Suburaya. Subaraya. Um, he worked like you were just talking about a second ago. Uh, one of the things I recognized was black lightning. So he's been on that series a few times in that. I don't know. Uh, did you have any
1: more? I have one more. Yang? It's uh, Nate, uh, Andrade as uh, the Suburaya monster. Uh, this is like his, like, he does mainly stunt work and then yeah. a lot of like some Marvel movies. So again, just like uh, the gentleman we had in, um the first episode that was the security guard. Right. You know? So, yeah. So yeah, there we go. So, um, yeah, I, I guess, uh, I guess we're just gonna get into the last super Raya, which I gotta, I gotta let you know, as I was watching this the first time, every time they said the name out loud, like an idiot by myself, I said the name out loud. Cause I didn't want to mess it up on the episode here. And I was like super Raya. Super <laughs> like if somebody would have just walked in and been like, why is he just saying a word over, over at the TV?
0: Like you're doing, uh, what is it? Uh, the Loretta stone or thing. What, what that?
1: Loretta, yeah. What L- Loretta, you know, the Loretta young. The, no, the Rosetta the stone. Guy? Yeah. Rose like,
0: <laughs> I don't know. I never used this, this stuff before. No, but it's like
1: because it's 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 an and odd how, name. That's and how I out, did, why
0: I'm so articulate.
1: It's like yeah, I've never it, used any of it before. I, I just didn't want to mess up a uh, So I was like, I was got kind of trying. I was like, I got to get this right because it's like I it's like hurdles, right? Like you have to get in practice to say it, or you can clear it. So
0: nuclear, oh, nuclear. God, I just, I
1: can't, <laughs> oh, but I I always have to stop and be like new clear. Like I have to stop because otherwise I'm going to sound like a former president. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, let's, let's get into this. All right. So we start off
0: here and we got, um, we got like a group meeting of, uh, we got, what is it? We got the, the doctor. Lo- we, got, we
1: got the doctor. We got Dr. Misato. Or Soto, we got Bobby. The, like, yeah, Bobby Tanaka, and, and then Mitch. we have, yeah, the, the lawyer, I guess. That's the law from where we're representing. Oh, this, can't, right? well, okay, so if we're going by character names, yeah. yeah, yeah that's, sure. Um so, and they're talking Joe Joe, not Bobby Tanaka. I'm sorry. I fl- you're right, I flipped them. So we got Joe, we got Dr. Maisato, and then we have the lawyer guy. Right. Yeah. And uh they're talking about how Bobby has
0: he's the heir of this this painting mm-hmm. that his long, long distant grandfather, uh had created years before and now he, it has been a hundred years from the death of that creator and that he is going to come into uh, owning this, this painting. Mm-hmm. And it's such as like everything that was ever created by this, uh this gentleman is very sought after people pay millions of dollars for his stuff. And this is supposed to be the last creation of, of his work. And he, he died right after making it. No one's ever seen it. It went into this, this crate.
1: Yeah. And, and they and, found and it like a monastery. Right. So right. yeah, it's like, it's been sight unseen. Like the only person that has seen it is, is Subaru. I himself, Right. And, um, so the whole, the whole thing here is that we get this whole background to, and I'm, I meant to dig into this more. So I apologize to the people listening that there is like, there is a history here with like, um, like monster demonic art that is in Japanese art that, I meant to get into. There's a lot of mangas that are based upon this kind of idea too. Um Oh, they, there's a lot of upsetting imagery that shows up that has become this thing, right? It's like I forget this. I don't know the name of the style, but when you see his art book that you see in the beginning, there's a lot of very upsetting imagery that you you can easily recognize. Like the nine
0: tails is that yeah. like a it's a creature that kills people and eats their souls and stuff like oh, wild stuff, really wild dragons, uh, these like gremlin type creatures yeah. and that. And it, I mean,
1: it, it's all very, it's all very cool and upsetting, but it's like, there, there, what there is a style. Right. And so he's like the one that was like, you know, the, the grandfather of it. Right. So then, but then, so the whole thing here is that, that that was the terms of like, cause they finally read the code on the front of the box or whatever, like this wooden crane. Like they f- they figured out what he was saying. It's like we got to get the last like the 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 last remaining ancestor hundred years after his death, and then they get th- they get this painting and scene. So that's where we get um, Joe, who is just a guy working at a Best Buy. Bobby. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Sorry, as Bob, I, Bobby Tanaka. Not sorry. Joe's his actual name, but yeah, he was like, oh shit, I'm going to get a lot of money, and so yeah, he's like, I got a lottery ticket here. This is like I, I, you guys
0: have really thrown me off. I, yeah. So. So this is going to make me a lot of money, and as the as Doctor Maya Sato is saying, like, yeah, our, the museum is uh, willing to give you a buku, like buku money, you know, yeah. like we're going to sign the deal right now. Just have to tell us what you, you know, tell us yes, and then all of a sudden comes in Wade Cruz into this private meeting, and that's where we heard our audio. And Wade is Wade is a man who knows what he wants, and he knows what's in that crate. He already had knowledge of this. And he knows how much this could be worth as well. Yeah. And he he comes with his assistant, Giza? Uh, Giza? Is yeah, it I think Giza? it's Giza. Giza. Yeah, she
1: she is an upcoming artist that he's basically put on retainer, but also as his de facto girlfriend because he owns her. Because he has he has more money than God because he's a tech guy or whatever. And he came into money early. And so his whole thing is like, I'll go wherever I want because I can just flash money and do what I want. And he's not proven wrong anytime. During during this episode, right? So
0: yeah, and Bobby Bobby knows of him. Like he is like the name a millionaire right now. That's the guy. He he's he's the dude. He's like
1: that asshole that um oh what was his name um Martin screlly that um that jacked up the prices of prescriptions and ended up buying that Wu Tang Clan album that um the Wu Tang Clan put out an album that was only one re- one pressing right. And it was like, to and it better. wasn't for the children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was one, one pressing and it was like, and somebody could bid for it and they could, and they can own it. They could do what they want with it. If they want to release it to the public, they could, if not, they can keep it. And Skrelly, who took like a common medication because he bought the patent for it or something like that, like just ended up jacking up the price of it and because he was an asshole made so much money off of it. And he ended up going to prison for fraud, but he ended up buying that Wu-Tang album, which if I remember right, because of part of his sentencing, I want to say like, I want to say like the US government now has possession of this like soul Wu-Tang album. I don't know. I, I hope it's placed right beside the Ark of the Covenant in that yeah. room. <laughs> I was and just going to say the same thing. Right? It's just like, where, where's the Wu-Tang album? Top men have it. Yeah. Who had top men? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I didn't expect to go there, but that's kind of the vibe I get with this. Yeah. So,
0: you know, Wade is there and he's telling, he's telling Bob, hey, hey, I, I know what this is. They don't have enough money to buy it from you. I got the money and you know how much these things sell for in the rest of the world. This is a very sought after item. I'm going to be the man that makes your dreams come true. Yeah,
1: But he also, he also gives a caveat of like, it's a 50, 50 proposition with what this, this painting could be because Subaru was known for his cruelty and his pain, and his monsters, but he was also known for like landscapes and water lilies. So mm-hmm. it's like, like that, I don't know why they, they like, I like the idea they turned this into a loot crate where it's like, it could be something cool. Like you could get like the free prize inside, or it could just be a t-shirt from a show that you don't like or whatever, you know, it's like, it could be a monster, but it could also just be a perfectly okay painting from a master that just shows a nice, a a nice area at sunset. right? So he's like, because like until this is opened and known, that's where the, it's kind of like that Schrodinger's cat thing where it's like the value is going to be inherent because we don't know what it is, but the moment it's recognized, the value is going to change drastically. So he's like, I'll give you 20 million. And then Bobby like waffles. He's like, well, I guess you're only gonna get 10 million. He's like, what are you talking about? It's like, well, you keep talking. It's gonna keep dropping in number. Um, And at that point I'd say, you know, like wouldn't, if you, if you, if this was you, you'd be like, Hey, but no, 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 no. Three seconds ago, he said another number, give me that number. And I'll, I'll I'll sign the dotted line right now. Cause if money's not an object for him, which we find out later that there's a game of also involved with how he, how Right. Yeah. He knows
0: what he's doing. He's been in this position before.
1: Cause it's like, Oh, well you, you, if you're going to drop the price that fast, it just shows me how much you want this. Like, and you think I'm a, like a peasant. And if you're going to keep dropping money and keep dropping value, I'm going to like maybe I'll listen to the artist person because everything you're saying to me is kind of bullshit. I I don't, I I know this is an episode, but it's like, I don't know. I think, I think I would negotiate. Like, you know, I'd be like, okay, well, 17.5, how do you feel about that? (laughs) You know, like, you know, I don't know. How how about 50 million? How do you feel about that?
0: Well, yeah. I I mean, Bobby is. unfortunately kind of naive here yeah and he is in control of his own destiny he is i understand you know he's he's got a very menial job no disrespect to people that work at best buy but it's just like he he knows that whatever this is is going to change his life
1: i I just like that you're just like i don't want to shade at retail at best buy but you you have worked um at spencer's and i've worked at gamestop blockbuster yeah i've done retail i've been there i know the struggle it's like i feel like if they're not like, I think we all eat at the same table. You know, what? like, I respect that. It's like, oh, our color of the shirts that we wear are just different colors. Can we just acknowledge that? Okay, great. And we're
0: still owned by millionaires. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, Mr. Buy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so, you know, Bobby could play the game here but I think he also wants that grins- uh, instant gratification.
1: Well cuz like when when Wade calls out he's like hey the the museum like they're not going to give you the money I'm going to offer you. And and and, and you can tell by Dr. Sato that she was right she knew that. Yeah cuz um, he kept on like
0: Bobby would look back to her and she would kind of like turn away slightly. Yeah. Like, we,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> Without yeah. saying it. Yeah, he's right. But at the same time, though, it's like Bobby holds all the cards and he he messed up. Let's just be honest. Like, well, you know, I like how, we, um, I mean, still, 10 million in a single day. Right. Like, you and I, like, we would just kick back and be like, just cash that lottery we'd be ticket. Like, well, I guess we're going to quit our day jobs and just, um, like sit in a hot tub and write and, and make podcasts and then don't even care anymore. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like, we, we would be fine. Right. Yeah.
0: It's like, I'll take what I can get. But either way, Bobby decides to go ahead and sell the po or the, the, uh,
1: painting this, yeah. to Wade. Cause well, also we should have pointed out too um, that Dr. Sato is like, this is something I've been looking forward to my whole life. And then Wade's like, eh, I guess I'll beat you again type of thing. I, that also feels for Indiana Jones to me that she knew about him and how he would come in like, um, oh, what was the other the other rival uh, treasure hunter in that movie, the first one? Oh, I, uh, just, I just recently saw that. It's the French guy. And I always, just, ugh, anyway, I was like, oh, thank you for doing your job for me, Dr. Jones. I guess I win again. You know what I mean? Like just. Belloc. Yeah, Belloc. Yeah, you're right. Oh it's it's Belloc. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't look that up. No, I no, got for it. you. Cause it took me forever to come with our lady Peaks. but thank you for coming with Belloc. lock. I, I, I appreciate that anyway. So yeah, I feel like he's kind of the Belloc here where he's like, Oh, you did all the work. taking, your, f- excuse me, taking it from you.
0: Yeah. And as Wade is doing the victory lap, i just, you know, he's just a, he's just so arrogant. Ugh. So the next scene here we get is uh, the, it looks like a dinner party and you see Wade. He has, he, he has the crate and he has it set up amongst again, really fascinating stuff and oh, this work
1: on this is pretty cool like the stuff he the collection he has is interesting looking the
0: weapons very reminiscent of batman as well all the, all yeah. the weapons that are on his wallet which comes into play in a little bit yeah. but um he's getting everybody stu- uh, uh, psyched up for this reveal like oh, all right come on everybody gather around this this is the time this is the moment but i want to see it first so he has the crate um pointed towards him and away from the group.
1: Well and Dr. Sato's there as well because he, right. he made it a point to invite her.
0: I was, you know I was because of how much makeup and the glasses and the way her hair was done prior to this scene, mm-hmm. I didn't recognize her at first.
1: Yeah, is you could tell that she swallowed her pride to be like, "Yeah, he's he's one and and basically he's like, I'm going to I'm going to keep this private and you're it's never going to be a museum, but this is her life's dream to see it." Just like, fine, I'll go. So
0: I'll take a little bit yeah, of this, yeah. you know.
1: But yeah, the art crowd is so pretentious here. And it's like, so like, I don't know. Like, if, if any of these guys were extras in the film, like Mannequin in the background, like being like, oh, we love these these store displays. It's just showing up. It wouldn't be that dissimilar to any of that. But anyway. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. yeah. You're, you're correct. I mean, everybody looks like they got, uh, you know, money falling out of their ass, so.
1: Well, yeah, but like, like, can I like the, the idea of like art is in the eye of the beholder and the value of art is in the, like it's, it's up to the person to determine the value of the art. Right. Right. So for these people being like these, like these clingers clingers on to him for the subaraya, which is, you know, like that would be a great thing to look at, but it's like, at the same time, it's like, it only has as much value as you yourself gives it, you know, give it to. And if you're willing to associate with such an asshole, like weighed then like how much value is there in that? I do know they're, they're like, I'm not saying that this is episodes very deep. I mean, but it's, I think there's bigger questions to be asked here, which um, I don't think is always indicative of creep show. I think it's just more like, Oh, there's a jerk. They're about to get messed up, you know, but this one, it speaks to the art world a little bit. And I'm sure it's something like Paul Denny um, has dealt with of like, yeah, I did this. It's like, Oh yeah, you're, you're a, um, a cartoon writer. It's like, yeah, well, How much have I done versus what you've done? I don't think he's, I don't think that's what he's saying, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's there's, there's the value is inherent of the person that views the value of the item.
0: Right. And he's seasoned in different types of, uh, story writing and that. So he probably had this in his back pocket for a while. Um, but yeah, there are some layers to this story. And so we get Wade and he's going to do the reveal here. But again, he, he wants this moment to himself. So he opens up the crate and he pulls out the painting and he sets it up on this easel and he's talking about the uh, the painting how like how creepy and how ghoulish and whatever he's he's using all these descriptive words of how it looks and all of a sudden he pulls out a blowtorch and <laughs> sets the mofo on
1: fire i was like Whoa, man! I was like, you just I, spent I, ten. I, I million. will say, I would not. I did not expect that. Yeah, I did not expect that at all. And, and kudos to uh, uh, Denny and um, uh, Langford, because it's like, oh crap! Because now we realize what he's really about. His purpose was: I want to view this thing. I'm going to take it in. This is a, a painting that's unknown to anybody. I want to have the experience of looking at it. And then I'm willing to destroy it before anybody else can. And I'm also going to drink in their tears and their suffering and their frustration that they didn't get it, including Dr. Sato. Like this is one of the biggest dick moves I think I've ever seen in anything. I,
0: I was completely floored by it. I did not expect this at all. And it just, it just shows another layer of how sinister Wade Cruz is as a character. And I, I I enjoy this because it's like, what else is this guy capable it's of? Super
1: villain level, right? Yeah. And it's like, but then when, when we learn out his motivation later is that, like, he realized with all his money that the one thing he can, like, he could buy whatever he wants, but the thing that he uh, craves is to have experiences that no one else can have because that validates him and his, his existence, right? Where it's like, oh, I did this. And then, like, you know, you can't see it. I paid the money for this. It's like, oh, I don't know. Do you remember? Like a, a few years ago, probably like 10 years ago, whenever people were waiting in line for like the PlayStation 3, and there'd be the, that one person that bought it. And there's all these videos of that one person bringing out the PlayStation 3 library, smashed like, wait, it, it be, on the ground.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember <laughs> that. I totally remember that.
1: I mean, it's a very small version of this, but everyone's like, What are you doing? And then they like, These people would actually like crowdfund buying PlayStations just so they can go destroy them in front of crowds of people. It's like, it's funny, but it's not, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, you know, like like my whole thing is like you spent your money, you bought it, you can do whatever you want with it. I, but I understand there's these people, it's like, my child will disown me if I can't have this. It's like it's right here, and I broke it right in yeah. front so
0: of you. As some lady took off work and spent waiting in 12 hours in line, and you just smash it right in front of her so she can't have it for a kid. That'd be like me setting a whole a group of you know, cabbage patch dolls on fire in the eighties. Like yeah, right. nobody no, can it, have
1: one. It's like, Oh, look at these beanie babies. They're not going to, they're not going to be anything in three years, but boom, there you go. Anyway. Yeah. So it's like, I like, I, so I'm not saying that Wade is relatable because he is not. Uh, but it's one of those things where you, now that you understand his motivation, you understand where he's coming from. And it's like, like he is like, it, it's like, um, like, like I talk, talk about Batman and Bruce Wayne. I don't, Bruce Wayne wouldn't do this, but it's almost like Tony Stark before he he had his come to Jesus moment of having like the, the, you know, the rocket fire off beside him and put shrapnel in his heart. Right. This feels like a Tony Stark pre Tony Stark, Dick move of like, well, I have all the money in the world. I got to buy a unique experience. And this was it for him.
0: And he did it. Yeah. He, he's yeah. the only the second person to ever see this on the planet. Yeah. So yeah. you know, he's, he's going to relish in that for the rest of his life. And, uh, well,
1: I mean, as short as it is, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, but he dismisses Sato, and then Giza is like, "Oh, like basically, she's like, this is kind of bullshit." So she's telling him because she's going to recreate um, like the image of the Superia from what he said. Which, by the way, his description wasn't great. You no, know? there so, wasn't. So, yeah. There
0: wasn't a whole lot no, there to go then, off like,
1: of. <laughs> Like, I, she ends up putting out a pretty cool, interesting picture. It looks, it almost looks like, um, it almost looks like a baboon that's just an angry, angry baboon with extra teeth, yeah, right? extra teeth, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, like, uh, <laughs> but it's like, I almost wish that she just drawn like a stick figure, like, being like, is this what you thought it was? <laughs> like, anyway, uh, no, so that's when we learn her motivation too, because she is like, you know, a person that came from nothing and she sold her first uh, drawing for like a quarter or something to her dad, and so we get from her that. Her expression, her um, her talent is validation for herself. Right. Right. And it's a small bit, but then with him, you realize that like his validation comes from the power that he wields over others and the experiences they can have. Um, there's a bit where he was going to buy like this vase or whatever, he talks about it. He was going to spend 300000 dollars on it because the guy was trying to sell it, was trying to get like his his kid like a necessary surgery. And then she, and then Giza's like, "Well, did she get the surgery?" He's like, "I don't know." <laughs> like it's a, it's like the way that the the actor plays it is actually really. It's like it's it, it's you're supposed to hate him, but his line delivery is pretty great with that. But he's like, "My point is," is like, "Yeah, the moment I like like blinked, and was like, I'm gonna af- offer you one third, and you snap it up." He's like, "I realized that the position and the power that my money has." And it's like, "Well, that's the worst lesson to take from this." And then he's like, "No, there's a good ending to this." I sold it for a lot more money later. Yeah, it's like I
0: sold it for $1. <laughs> $1. $1.5 million. It's like, wow. Okay. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. All right. Great. Thanks. Thanks for that. Thanks for that asshole Batman. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and that's what happens. So then this becomes like, it becomes really quick at this point where, because he burned the artwork, and um, and Doctor Sato was like, "Your cruelty is like the same as Subriaya. Like you don't you like you know you, you're you're on the level with him." And then so this becomes like a um, haunted house story in the last like I don't know ten minutes of the story. Right? Yeah, that's the yeah. best
0: way to put it yeah. because you know uh, we get Wade. He's getting drunk. And he's walking around his apartment that which he has paintings all over the all over the place. He has sculptures all over mm-hmm. the place, and then he's seeing. Weird imagery in these yeah. paintings and these the the sculptures and that. And then he looks down at the picture that uh, Giza made, and it like <laughs> growls at him. <laughs> yeah,
1: that pretty, effect's not great, but the effect of the the one painting that looks like this, um, like uh, English gentleman or whatever, with the way its it, its its face would shift. Like, yeah, it's like some oil oh, painting, and it, the it, eyes are uh, like it was, that was cool. Like yeah. I, I, at that point, I was like, oh, I'm in. If the art, if all the artwork rebels against him, I thought that would be kind of fun because it's like you have collected us. Now we're going to like, we're going to collect our due. Right. I mean, the episode goes in a fine direction, but I was like, Oh shit, this is kind of cool. Like I was, I was down for every work turning on him and we didn't quite get that. I'm not saying I don't dislike what happened, but there was something here that was like, ooh, this is going to get really, really cool. Yeah, it, and it was it was
0: unpredictable. I mean, I couldn't see from one step to the other of what was actually going to transpire here. And that's good. That's good yeah, writing. That, that's that good. Keeps you, it keeps, that keeps you, you uneven. Yes. Right. It keeps you a little bit more interested. Yeah. Um. So we get that and you know, all these Im- images and that. And. He's freaking out. He drops a bottle of uh, what I'm expecting is really expensive bourbon and smashes it. And Giza comes in and she's like, what happened? He's like, ah, I just, you know, too much alcohol. She's like, well, come, you know, put clean it up and
1: pour yourself into bed. <laughs> Which I like that. a I like that. But yeah, yeah. Um, so but at this point, we start seeing more direct images of what the, the Super Raya, uh like. Really yeah. is. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's very much like um, the... I, we've talked about you've talked about the sculpts and the monsters that we've seen so far. Um, it's cool looking, like um, it's just again, like I understand there's a certain aesthetic for a creep show, like mm. right? And it's like, uh, but I do like there's um, so there's a lot of that that influence of the Japanese art and the Japanese horror that I dig in this. It's just it's just it's just weird for me to see in a full bodysuit. Yeah, it, I, I don't. I could have done
0: without the full bodysuit because honestly, it, it, it's a cool sculpt and everything but it's a little too clean for me. I wish it would have yes. been like, I don't know, slimy looking, whatever. Just like there was like, there wasn't really a sheen. It looked really flat and yeah, I it, didn't like that.
1: Did you ever see, um, Oh, uh, they, they, was it they, they, oh, they call me Bruce or whatever it was. The Bruce Campbell movie. Or I am Sorry. My name is Bruce. Yeah. He, uh, he ends up, uh, in this town where this kid's like, Hey, you know i love you for your supernatural movies and we have a problem here and he's like yeah kid whatever and it's like he plays like a jerker a jerkier version of himself and there's um an ancient um chinese ghost there named kuang ji that just shows up because there's a lot of chinese miners in the area because of the western expansion and so okay. there was like that so this thing is like it's like i it felt like oh well this isn't too far away from kuang ji like you know, like uh, i expect Bruce Campbell to just run in and be like well, i don't know i got this <laughs> <laughs> like uh, but yeah, my name is Bruce. It is a, is a really fun movie, and it's not. But yeah, like I don't know what it is about this and like familiar the the one we just talked about. Whatever you actually show me the monster, it's just it's not as cool as it could be, and it might just be the the actual definition. Like, however, the, if there's a style to the show, if there's a look, then um, I guess if they're trying to keep this like in line from the previous two seasons in the films but i would also argue that i think something like this would have been a lot more goopier and and more ugly in the movies
0: right exactly yeah. and it, you know it's like you've seen you've seen, i mean if, if anybody's ever seen the original film there are
1: some crazy like dirty creatures and that. And I, this is also dealing with an artwork. I'm I'm cutting off. I apologize. It's dealing with an artwork. So why can't you give me some rough edges, like an oil painting or like, you know, whatever, whatever the medium was that like, um, as watercolor, why can't you give me like a, like a distorted upsetting monster? You know, like, It's still cool looking. It's just, it feels very Power Rangers.
0: Yes, that's a good way to put it, or or Voltron or something like that. And, and, you know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's okay. I wish I would have seen less of it.
1: I'm not against practical effects.
0: Right. Like I'm very practical is the, in my opinion, the best, but Give,
1: give me something in camera. Give me cool shit. Like I'm, I'm completely down for it.
0: So he sees this creature yes, around sure. quite a bit and then he looks, he looks in the mirror. The mirror, gag's the really mirror good. is yeah.
1: awesome. Well, the first part of the mirror gag is great. When it, when the lights turn off and then you see super behind him, it's like, nah, yeah, okay, great. But then the bit with the hands, yeah, that's really great. Like that when the hands open up on the edges of the mirror and kind of fold in, that's a cool effect. That's yeah, a it really great cool effect. Me of
0: like poltergeist or ghostbusters. Like I love that yeah. kind of stuff. Like really creepy you don't know if you're going nuts kind of well, and stuff. also
1: with the mirror kind of being like, is this through the looking glass? Is it breaking reality? Like no. I'm, i um, like, I had recently watched the, the newer Candyman film and there's a lot of reflective things going on there that like, I'm, I'm fine with that because that also that blurs the line. I think this does it too, a little bit.
0: Yeah. Anyway. So, so we get we get Wade, he's still freaking out and that and um Giza is trying to talk to him, whatever, and she's telling uh Wade more about who Super Aya was and like things that he did. And he's about to crawl in bed and he pulls the blankets back and there's there's the, the, monster, the monster laying Super on Aya the bed. <laughs> it's like I'm just waiting for it to be like, Come on, big boy yeah. You know, like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was hoping it didn't get ridiculous, but that was
1: kind of silly, yeah. but artwork in the streets, monster in the sheets. Yeah. that's. The- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, but it's like, so this becomes a whole thing where she, she is like, I don't know what's going on. I got to get out. And so good on her to be like, I'm, I need to go. Cause at one point he comes out, dumps the bucket that has the burned remains of the painting. And he's trying to put it together. Cause he's like, there's something here and it's hunting me. He's not wrong. And then geez is like, well, you Know maybe because you feel guilty for all this, and there's the line where he's like, guilt's for losers. It's like, yeah, I, like I was yeah. like, what the hell does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, th- this is like, like and this will, this will tie into the next story a little bit because they do a callback in the next story to um the segment of Creep Show where it's um the last one from the first film with the bugs, where you got that rich, rich guy that exerts control, right? And he's like, yeah, this is messed up, but I, I'm i not going to change who I am type of thing. Where I say he's trying to figure this out. And Geez is like, I'm going to go back to my place. He's like, oh, what I'm paying for? You know, mm-hmm. like, anyway
0: yeah so So, she shows the keys at him and she's like fine i'll find somewhere to stay either way
1: yeah so she's done with him so he goes back to the lawyer's office that originally made the deal and i think that's kind of funny too is the lawyer shows up he's like what are you doing in here and he's like he's sleeping on the floor in front of the office door too (laughs) like (laughs) i just like he's like you you sold me this he's like oh was it water lilies or whatever it's like no no you know and he's like yeah so so the lawyer's like get security in here but then a super Raya is like up in like the corner of like, I don't know what like is doing this?
0: the Batman or like, not. I'm
1: t- yeah. Like, well, yeah. No, Batman's like ben, done like, it. no, like Ben Affleck's Batman. Yeah. yeah. Or like I don't Spider-Man. Know. There you go. Well, that's, but sp- that'll tie into later when we get some Spider-Mans. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's like, so then, so we get the bit there and then like, so, um, Wade picks up this piece of art in that office that can, I ask you what would that artwork, that red base and that devil head, That he stabbed the demon with and it bled. What did that remind you of?
0: It 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 looks exactly like the... uh
1: it's the episode
0: not, from um,
1: it's it's not the similar from Nick of Time from right. the, the season Telling machine. Yeah, that was it. The season three episode was it And you three,
0: saw him playing you know? around with it while he was in the office yeah. earlier too. And I was like, "Is that?" And I was like, "No, not quite, but it's close it enough." Looked,
1: it, it, just, it was one of those things where it's like you couldn't tell me it's not, and it just felt very like, and that's okay. Like I like, and I think that, they wanted you again. That's kind of the callback. I'm okay with yeah. you know like kind drawing of attention to it. Yeah. That's interesting. I like it. Yeah. So, yeah, so he stabs it, it bleeds, and then, then the lawyer and his guards throw him out, and he's like, okay, great. Well, if it bleeds, I can kill it. He didn't say that, but whatever, right? It was The door was open for it. Yeah, right, <laughs> so he goes back to his apartment, so we get this whole brief sequence of him, like, loading, like, old guns, because he had everything on the wall, and it's like, I'm also going to guess that you're a man of means, that you probably... Um, you probably have larger caliber weapons around because you're an asshole. Yeah,
0: instead of like this musket gun yeah. type thing, <laughs>
1: it's like <laughs> it's like a flintlock pistol, right? Yeah. It's like it's like whatever. It's like what are you going to shoot a pirate? Like yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but coming, it's also he's like, coming for that booty. It's like you have a, like a Spartan helmet. You have armor there, like and then he also has a sword. It's like the the sword stuff is cool, right? Yeah. But it's like oh, you have all these weapons here, and it's like. All right. Well, I guess you're going to choose some of the least effective ones. Yeah. Okay. Whatever.
0: This this scene kind of reminded me of The Crow, where Top Dollar like pulls all these different like the sword out, and then you know the Crow comes later, Brandon Lee comes later, and just pulls out the sword and just starts whipping the ass. Yeah. Like, so he's he's going he's going toe to toe with Superai Monster. And it's like let's go he's he's going around corners and that he's slashing he's he's got some
1: skills he's got some skills I, 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 I didn't mind that like when he actually distracted him with the sword that he was under the assumption correctly so that maybe this thing wouldn't understand like it's hundred year it's hundred years past the death of Super Raya that right. he'd be like oh I'm gonna come at you with a sword but then bring a gun up and shoot you like mm-hmm. that's kind of like that's not a bad thought. So he actually tried to
0: use some kind of logic. He got,
1: yeah. He got shots, the, the monster and then puts him against a wall and then use a spear and rams it through him. Right. And it's like, okay, great. And then, so he, he wins. And then we find out that, you know, in victory, there's also uh penalty. Right. right, So that's what we find out.
0: And so the monster, as he's investigating it a little bit closer, maybe to assume like if it's dead or not. Well,
1: because he's like, I'm going to get a taxidermist. I don't know if you caught that. Like he's like, oh, oh I did. Like, totally the second did time judge. through, he's like, I'm going to stop. Basically, he's like, I'm going to stop this and make this part of my collection. Oh. what he says. Like, I'm going to attack a taxidermist tomorrow. It's like, okay, well, also, as much as you're an asshole, that's a weird like demon monster that's dead. I mean, imagine okay. explaining that. Um, You'd be like, "Hey, you guys didn't see this painting, but..." <laughs> <laughs> and and hey giza, just there you go. There's your angry baboon. Draw it. That's my. And, name. And, I, and I think it's also worth noting
0: here that he, when he stabs the creature through, he actually goes through the the uh, window the glass behind of the, it, the
1: the penthouse. Yes.
0: So it's stuck there, standing up, and suddenly the creature morphs into Subaraya, the, the the artist, and he says. You know, like you, uh, you've unlocked my, uh, my anger. And that so it was, you, became you one released with the beast. Me for
1: my commitment. Cause he's like, my, my anger kept me between these, like, or whatever it was. My cruelty kept me between two worlds, right?
0: These, like the beast was the embodiment almost yeah. of that. And you kill that you've killed my connection of between whatever. Like it was something similar to that effect. So he's like, all right, cool. Whatever <laughs> Wade is just like, well, at least it's dead. Then all of a sudden, he, he starts to shake and all of a sudden he raises up this hand and it's like i don't know it felt like a uh, rocky horror picture show where <laughs> the doctor raises his leg up <laughs> yeah. and it's got the, it's got the uh the fishnets, fishnets You're yeah. <laughs> like oh no he's and he starts morphing and it's a pretty cool effect of well, like the shaking
1: because it's implied that like since the curse is coming to him it's like he see himself as the monster mm-hmm. but we don't know if the rest of the world will but he sees himself as it and so that because because it, because it, when he eventually is like I'm going to I'm going to like commit seppuku and just like drive myself under the spear and kill myself he dies as a man so you don't you don't really know if the monster was just his that the curse was that he sees himself as a monster that I mean credit that everybody else has already seen him as a monster but he doesn't have to actually claws and shit right but I think it was more like this is in his head and he can't accept the idea that you know, the world's going to know what I did. They're, they're going to see me this way. Like I can't, you know, I don't know. Like I just, his, his suicide is sudden and abrupt. And I think it, I think it is earned in the sense of like the asshole gets punished. I wish we'd have gotten more of a minute of him being like, maybe if you talk to Dr. Sato again or something and be like, don't you see him? She's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like there'd be nice to have like a button on that.
0: The w- Yeah. The way I, I read into this is that, yeah, like you said, he's turning into the creature I'm going to take myself out. But then we see that one of the paintings, the oil paintings change after he's getting bagged up and taken away. I think that painting is actually him. Now he is locked in that painting.
1: I I didn't consider that, but again, I'm not saying that that's wrong. It's just, and I'm okay with like, it's okay to take your own uh, interpretation away from this. I, I don't need to have everything be so cut and dry because I feel like, that's the fun in
0: it, really, if you if you can look like, at it from yeah. a different angle. But
1: I feel like like there's no wrong answers in that sense, and I don't feel like we're betrayed because Wade gets his comeuppance. Right. right? And so we get that, right? So I think there's something there. Um, I think this is the first of the stories that we've seen so far this season that gives you a little bit more leeway of, like, I don't know what happened. Uh, so, yeah, I, I really liked this. I thought this was a lot of fun. I thought this was a great little story. Um, it, this, it felt very much like, you know, like the asshole gets, gets, you know, his own punishment. Um, I do like the interstitial that comes between this and the next story where we have the creep walking in a gallery looking at different <laughs> super It's like, it felt very night gallery to me. It's like, Oh, I'm going to go look at all this. And then he gets attacked by one of the paintings. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. All right. That's fun. Right. Yeah. So yeah, there we go. Like this, this, this segment so far, of the ones that we've seen so far this season feels like it could have belonged in a creep show film.
0: Yeah, I, I could see that for sure, and you know it is a little bit more polished, but it's a good, it's a, it's well acted for what it's worth. It's a great story. Um, and it is, it is definitely like it fits in that world of creep show. And this was my wife's favorite uh, so far this season. So yeah, we, I, I had a lot of fun. With I'm I
1: mean, I'm I'm, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm very um, biased because it's Paul Denny. Like that was a co-writer. It's like, Oh gosh, like he knows how to, I don't know. Like, I'm to, glad I had no attachment to it because I didn't look into it before watching. And then, oh no, no, like I'm like, I watched it blind. Like my goal is oh, for okay. the show for everything is to not do research before, but when you see like the names pop up, it's like, if I already knew that name, I'm like, Oh, like, there we go. You know, like, if like Joe Hill pops up like, okay, you know, like you need, you already know. Right. But mm-hmm. it's like, it's Paul Tenney, right? Someone's like, give me something good. And you did. And it was a lot of fun. And I think they get the format. Right. So I think it's like, let, let's show a complete asshole doing terrible things. And then let's see how twisted they can get. And then you're right. The end is a little bit murky and that's completely fine. Um, I honestly didn't realize that the, the this episode was going to be focused on Wade. I thought I was going to be vo- focused on uh, Bobby. Bobby. Yeah, yeah, me too.
0: Same thing. Yeah,
1: but whatever. Anyway, a cool episode. So let's um, let uh, do you have anything else before we get into the next bit? We can rate that twist. Let's go for that twist. All right. Not that it means anything, but whenever uh, Wade breaks the blowtorch out and burns up the painting, I had no idea that was coming. I'm going to give that a four because I'm like, holy shit, that's where we're going with this because then his, his motivations become very crystallized and that really, really suits the rest of the episode really well. I did not see that coming. Um, The idea that this, you know, asshole art collector would, you know, collect the last thing. It's like, we find out this artist is like full of cruelty and made monsters that, that somehow wasn't going to punish him. I saw that, but like, the depths of how well they've established him as just a complete dirtbag. I that that's the big twist for me is like, oh my gosh. Like you could have Daddy Warbucks buy whatever he wants and get punished by it, but Jesus, that was that was some rough business. Yeah, I,
0: I, I was uh, pretty surprised by the outcome of this entire episode, like step by step. I'm going to say it was like a more of like a three or four. Like, it's, yeah. it's hard to dis- distinguish like between the two, like, because there was I, things that I'm like, oh, monster, it's going to get him. Then <laughs> for the final ending, you're like. Oh, I'm really surprised by that. So I'm going to say the outcome, complete outcome. Yeah. For so I guess man. we should
1: re- rephrase the, the twist is from a uh, one to five, like one being meh and five being like, like Oh whoa, my God, you know? So blew my mind. So I think we're almost on the same page for that. So this, yeah. no, this was a lot of fun. So, all right. So we're going to move on to, okay, I'll bite. This one's a lover, not a fighter. Ancient men. I named a men after the Egyptian God of fertility. They worship spiders, the ancient Egyptians did. believe they possessed the means for eternal life. These are men's harem. I call that one Grace because of her delicate web. And this one next to her I call Azriel, after the Hebrew angel of death. And then there's Izanami, after the Japanese goddess of the underworld, and Hecate, the goddess of witchcraft and magic. Are they poisonous?
0: Only if you're the prey. So our director and writer for OK, I'll Bite is uh, one in the same. we got John Harrison. Uh, great dude. I got to meet him over at um, uh, the uh, Living Dead weekend when we went uh, more recently. Really cool guy. Really talented dude. Um, you would probably know him from being the the director for Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. Which
1: we've talked about previously an episode right. of, uh, of Strange Highways. So yeah, I saw that. I'm like, oh yeah, we've talked about this guy already. So, and he yeah. did
0: the score for Day of the Dead, which I am wearing my my Day of the Dead t-shirt in celebration of this conversation. <laughs> so It's in celebration of our 201st episode. All right. Anyway. And so, yeah, it's so a really talented guy. Um, <laughs> if you want to dive more into his, uh, you know, IMDb, check that out. He really, really, uh, he's a treat, too, if you get a chance to meet him. But um, so, into cast we go since we got, he did the double bill there. Um, we got Nicholas Machau. Yeah.
1: Um, Ma- I Ma- think South.
0: Yeah. Um, he plays Elmer Strick in this. Um, the the only uh, real thing that I knew was uh, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, and he did a bunch of other TV work uh, that I was not familiar with.
1: Yeah, I got I got like a vibe of um, um, Jeffrey Combs a little bit from him. Yeah, I can and see also, him harnessing was, that. Wasn't Kevin McDonald from Kids in the Hall? Like, I feel like he also kind of that weird energy, but I got a Jeffrey Combs vibe of like, I'm a bad person and I did bad things, but I kind of like marched to the beat of my own drum. Kind of vibe, because I feel like if this, if Jeffrey Holmes was this character, if they had cast him as this, it wouldn't have been that far out, right? Yeah, really, like very like
0: a uh, from beyond kind of vibes that we're getting from this yeah. character. He knows a lot more than the people around
1: him, or even like a reanimator vibe, where it's like, oh, I value the lives of spiders more than those around me. It's like, yeah, that feels about right, right? Yeah, anyway, so um, next here we have uh, Nick Star
0: uh, plays director Poplar. Uh, lots of TV work that I'm not, I'm not familiar with. And uh, I don't know if you have any. No, I have
1: my notes here. Thought he looked familiar. I was wrong. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> nothing, uh, nothing against him. I'm like, I've seen him before. I did not. Yeah. Um, next, we have uh, Deborah
0: Bowman, mm-hmm. uh, Estelle Flinty. Uh, lots of other TV work that I'm not familiar with either for her.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, She's only for one scene. She was in three episodes of Star Girl Again, that's another CW production. So probably Seattle. Not Seattle. Uh, Vancouver so whatever. Anyway. Yeah. So then um next is
0: uh Jackson Beals uh plays officer Bunk Dill. Uh I, I he was in The Collector, which I do know that's a good movie, uh you know. Is it Yeah, d- 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 I mean, you know.
1: I've seen The Collector. Is it a good movie?
0: I like it. Okay. Fair I, there's well, it came out with two sequels, so I I mean, your, your mileage may vary, I, so
1: The Collector's a good idea. Like I, where you have this messed up guy like you get it, home invasion, home invasion but then you have the one guy, other people breaking into the house, trying to steal stuff because they're doing it like a construction job. Yeah, But then they realize like, Oh, things are way worse here. So it's like either take the money and run or do I help? That's a really compelling idea.
0: Yeah. It, I, I, I mean, I, I think it's a good movie, but you know that again, it's for, I, just to think, each I, just,
1: I think that the collector himself had like, when he set up all the traps, it's like you need a couple of days to set all that stuff up, not like in the evening.
0: Right. And he also uh, did some a few episodes of True Detective. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I guess that was a popular show. I haven't seen it yet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I've not seen the second or third season, but the first season's amazing. amazing. Yeah. So.
0: And then um, the last credit I have here is uh, Tony DeMille. Uh, he plays Polish Frank, uh, 78 episodes, uh, or 70, 78 credits, uh, and one of them was uh, Taken 3, which I do know Taken 3. Oh. Didn't know any other credits.
1: Do I need to watch the other Taken movies to watch that one?
0: I I, I feel like to establish characters, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I've not seen Taken at, like also as well. Anyway, so uh, I have uh, Glenn McGee as Officer Willis. I just want to mention just because he is the, the good cop versus the bad cop that is uh, Officer Dill. Um, He was (laughs) in in an episode of Black Lightning, uh, but also he's in post-production of The Waltons' Homecoming. Hammer. All right, so it never leaves me it will never, that is the shadow that will, that's the creeping shadow of me as Earl Hamner, goddamn junior. Right? See, I, so
0: the one thing that kind of upset me, I did, I, I didn't realize I did have that credit and I'm sorry about that. Mr. Glenn McGee. Um, but they didn't, they didn't list off who the other, the, like the bad dude was that was holding Elmer in one scene.
1: He's not, oh, you're right. No, no. Cause you're right. Cause we have Polish Frank and then the other guy, I like, yeah, his who's the other guy. I don't know. Like, like, I I don't know who the other guy is, but Credit to you because you look scary. You it, know? Yeah, so credit he, credit the scary guy. um I'm sure he was in some CW episodes of like One Tree Hill or some, or Dawson's Creek. I don't know, but uh yeah. Anyway, Dawson's Creek for Dawson's sure. Creek, yeah, I, yeah. I, I remember. He just him. Took Dawson just drowned him in the creek. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. I don't want to wait for your life to be over, and he's what? dunking his head in the water over and over again. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. Um, so can I also just state that the names of the characters here are, they feel very Stephen King to me. Like Elmer Strick. We have bunk Dill. Like it's just Polish Frank. A lot of this feels very in line with what like King and, and um, Romero had. Like these, like the the names are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, I think that you're completely right about that. I, it, it, it fits right in there. And I'm also I mean, I know we said uh, Mr. Harrison did tales from the dark side of the movie. It's like, like, uh, you know, he, he knows, he knows where he's, he knows what he's in. I'm not saying that people can't like stretch themselves and go further, but you know, like th- this also wouldn't feel outside of being a tells from the Dark Side episode. That, that, yeah, that's completely yeah. fair. Uh, and that's not, that's not a negative. No, uh, just not at me, all. Yeah. And,
0: so, and we'll get into it. So, yeah. um, so we, we first open up with, uh, Elmer who is pulling out a giant, well, Elmer is in prison. Uh, what's established at first and he is in his cell and he has a little like hiding spot that he pulls a brick out and to reveal that there is something in there there's there's something hiding in this crawl space and he he's feeding it and he talks to it just like it's a friend and all of a sudden he gets um, a call from behind him that from a guard that he's got to go take a walk to somewhere So he puts the brick back and he says to his his little friend that he'll be back later. And we find out that Elmer is going for, it looks like either privileges or he's getting um, the possibility of parole. And he gets denied because of something that was trumped up. Apparently he had some kind of beef with Polish Frank and somehow that backfired on him. Polish, From what it sounds like, Elmer said that Polish Frank instigated it, but polish frank was the one that ended up uh pushing
1: like not we, pressing we, we charges the idea, No, know so we get the idea that that what happens here is that it's not i don't think it's even a real thing i think that um uh like officer dill uh Dillweed, uh <laughs> makes up these these fake charges to say because since elmer has access to the clinic and the drugs that he poisoned um, Polish Frank gave him a cardiac event or whatever, which is not true whatsoever, but that keeps Elmer, though he's been like a model like a model prisoner, it keeps his parole's been denied. So we get the idea that the the one guard is like being corrupt and because already like Polish Frank is not going to lie because he's also an asshole um, that, that keeps Elmer like back still like in the prison like his parole, like we don't know how long he's been there but he's still going to be there because his parole is denied because of this this fake charge brought up.
0: And, and the guard is watching too because they're like yeah. he's like on the other side of this mirror, just like giving them the stink eye. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs>
0: like, yeah, I I did this, and so <laughs>
1: it's like, yeah, yeah, Officer Slingblade over there. Yeah, yeah. So as, uh, mm-hmm. as as Elmer's going, back, <laughs> he Elmer, does, Elmer, you're gonna be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's making does. the opiums. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but um, as Elmer's going back to his his cell. That's when, uh, officer, uh, dunk, yeah. Dunk dill, or whatever. Bunk dill. Bunk
1: It's a weird name. Bunk but. dill feels like something that I'd order at a bar and then be upset about it. Be like, yeah, can I get those, uh, bunk dill chips? So like, you don't want to want them. Like, gonna, nah, <laughs> that sounds pretty good. And like, you're not going to want them. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> so, uh,
0: uh, officer dill. We'll just call him officer dill. <laughs> he, he, he's, uh, he's got a couple of, uh, Inmates by him, uh, one being Polish Frank and his heavy that's hanging out with him the entire time. And before Elmer goes into his room, uh, he, you know, he gets a little word from uh, from Officer Dill. And when he walks in, he sees that his room has just been ransacked and his stuff is all over the place. And he's trying to put it back together. And that's when Officer Dill tells him, hey, you've had some time to get this together. You know, you have all the chemicals to do it. And he's supposed to be making opium, yeah. like from whatever these chemicals he has access to. Yeah, Officer Dill clinic, knows. Yeah,
1: so Dill knows that, like, that, so that's 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 the scheme—not uh, the scheme, but that's that's what's going on. That Dill provides the opium to whoever. They're getting antsy because they're not getting their supply, because Elmer is waiting for the person that runs the clinic to be not available, so he can just take everything and make the cook or whatever. And he's like, "You got to be patient." So Polish Frank and. Uh, Dawson's Creek, uh, tossed, tossed the the cell as a threat. So we now know Elmer as an individual, uh, he's here like, cause he did something bad. we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Like he did commit a crime. Right. Um, but he's also, there's this additional pressure because he is smart and was a pharmacist and a chemist in a lot of ways that he knows how to do a thing. And so he has value to, uh, you know, dill in the dill weeds to make opium And so he is being like between a rock and a hard place, you know? So that's what we find out.
0: So we get, he's getting pressured by them and he said, you know, tells them like, you're not, you don't have much more time um, or otherwise we're going to come back. And you remember what happened the last time.
1: I just like that. They're like, we don't understand science. So we're just getting mad at you.
0: Yeah. This is kind of, yeah, this is kind of similar to.
1: (laughs) 20,
0: 2020 and 2021. And this is kind of similar to uh, the Andy Dufresne kind of situation yeah. in Shawshank Redemption. Because he knows how to take care of money and that. But he gets pressure from the you know from people later on. Either way. Um, but Elmer's putting his room back together. And we realize that he likes to collect spiders. So he has these very large spiders in glass jars. And that's when we also get um, Officer Millis or Willis, I'm sorry. Uh, Officer Willis comes in and he's he feels bad for Elmer. He's talking to him while uh Elmer's putting his room back together and that's when Elmer says that, you know, these are my friends. He's like, I ha- I've had them. I know lots about them. I can I can tell you anything you need to know about them. Spiders are amazing. And that's when, you know, you it's established Elmer's kind of weird, but it's okay because he's a good dude because he just he, he, if he doesn't have these, then the spiders you know, like that's, that's his grounding. He needs the well, spiders. I mean,
1: you don't, I mean, I, I mean him being a good person, I don't know about that, but it's like you, you realize, so Willis is like, I know you're not like the rest of them. Like meaning like you're not built for this. And I know that you, you don't have ill intent or ill will towards other people. And he's still in there for a crime that he committed, but it's like, he's different than the rest of them. Also, um, how did he get these spiders to begin with? Because they're all large and upsetting. Yeah. Like,
0: tarantula type things like
1: like a rose a rose tarantula like you go you go to your um pet smart and be like hey can i get these fuzzy spiders and they're like yeah yeah that's fine it's like how did he get them in prison because they're pretty big and it's like um and also the one that's hiding underneath by the also by the way like how how does nobody not notice that loose like cement block under his sink you know what i mean like it's not him hiding a poster or Rita hayworth you know what I mean? Like it's this not him. It's not an 80 frame moment of like, I want to put this poster of like Tom Selleck up and no one's ever going to question. It's this, like,
0: this yeah. isn't too different from like, if you're playing Zelda and you see the wall that you're supposed to yeah. explode,
1: yeah. whatever it's a giant spider. It's <laughs> very obvious that there, that, that block is loose, but him with his like five jars of spiders and he gives them all names. Like I also think I don't like, I also take umbrage to, they keep calling him spider boy. And I'm like, no, 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 he's a spider man. Like you the know, human spider. No. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a dumb name. Bonesaw. Uh, but <laughs> no, it's like, so, but like I, whatever it's always, this is a uh, shutter series. It's horror whatever, but it's like, I question the availability of these pretty large spiders, you
0: know, like where, where is he? Like Guantanamo Bay. Like what know. are they? I can't I, imagine I, these spiders being like on a, on a prison yard.
1: Like, I I mean, well, can I? uh, So, can I? um, Can I do a brief aside, real quick? I mean, because we're already, whatever. Anyway, welcome (laughs) to the show, everybody. Um, Years ago, I worked at an amusement park, and one of the jobs I like, one of the jobs I like, I volunteered for briefly was to go to the back half of the park and empty out the change bags for soda machines. Mm -hmm. And because that was a wooded area back there, there would be spiders, and they would go into the soda machines, and they would live there. So you go shake out all the quarters. You would get spiders. Like ones that are about the size of like 50 cent piece. Yeah. Those are terrifying. Yeah. And poisonous. Um, these are like the size of like, I don't know. Um, not, not, commemorative plates. I don't know how to like, I don't know. They're <laughs> like a bald fist almost yeah, in certain wait. cases. So I'll just say though, like the, the guys I worked with thought it would be funny and I thought it was funny at the time In hindsight, not maybe not so much that any large spiders that fell in the change bags, they'd just like zip it up. And just give it to cash control, so they would go dump the money out. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Yeah, um, yeah, whatever. So, I would,
0: I would chunk in my pants if I see something like I this. I
1: actually had to go to the hospital that, like, I think maybe that summer, the one after four spider bites on um, my, my my calf. I, it was like a belt of Orion, like three bites. Oh no! Yeah, I didn't know what was going on. My calf was on fire. Like it was, it was weird. You know, like, I don't know what happened, but like something so, bit so me. So you can, yeah, something bit me. Um, um, something bit me. So anyway, and those were tiny, tiny spiders. And I'm not saying that these spiders are aggressive. That We played this at the middle point of the episode where it's like, they won't attack unless they're threatened. I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, has anybody ever seen a kingdom of the spiders with Bill Shatner? You know, um, where like a 1 million tarantulas showed up in a Colorado tent or something like, like they might be peaceful, but um they're also hairy, eight-legged monsters. I'm sorry. Like like would you be okay if someone brought you a like a rose tarantula or whatever? Like they're they're just nice. They're just like fuzzy. Like it's it's like it's like a teddy bear, but with like additional arms and, and eyes. How would you feel about that? I would be
0: terrified. I don't like spiders and I would feel like it's a very nice gift because People know I'm creepy, and that maybe i would I'm
1: just saying, if someone's like, "Hey, can I can I show you the spider that I no, I would know okay, no, all right, -uh. I mean, yeah, no, Elmer,
0: Elmer would not be my buddy. Uh, (laughs) 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 He would not be my buddy. I wouldn't make, I wouldn't piss him off because you know he controls the spiders, but whatever. It
1: it would be an odd experience, right? Because it's it's just I don't know. But if he, here's the thing. I would ask for a
0: transfer so desperately every single day. I would write my governor or yeah. statesman like, every, listen, if those spiders I understand that
1: I have eight five people, but I can't deal with this guy. If
0: like, there no, not even that. Like if the, if he found these spiders on the grounds of that prison, there is no way in hell I would stay at that prison. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I would die
0: of fright yeah. before. No way.
1: Fair enough. So his <laughs> his collection is questionable, but then also like the thing that's behind the wall is like, you can clearly tell it's like, that's not, that's not like they're big, but this is like, like a Roomba of a spider. Like why? (laughs) Like this thing's pretty big. Yeah. It's like, it's upsetting.
0: Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. So we get the, we get him feeding the spiders uh, a little bit later in that. And uh, each little spider gets its own little mealworm and everything.
1: Which you found in the yard, which I'm like, where are you finding mealworms at? Yeah, yeah, again, ugh, whatever. They sp- oh, uh, did you did you did you catch the creep show reference, the actual film reference when he was picking up his uh his cell? Nah, the one book said Bugs the miserable ph- philosophy of Ups and Pratt. Oh, man. Which is from I, I noticed the, 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 the last segment of the original film. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're come. Well, I forget that. Oh, I forget. But, but
1: upson Pratt was the asshole that was in that whole white apartment in New York with the cockroaches dealing with all that. Right. Right. That's that's a fun like that's a fun callback. If you're not paying attention, just like you called out um, the whiskey bottle from the first episode that we covered right. this year, like the season. Like, OK, cool. I'm I'm all about like, Ups and Pratt. It's bugs. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's a fun. It's a fun thing. Anyway. I
0: I I feel like there was a reason that they were honing in on
1: that book for a second there. But, yep, there yeah, you go. There you I'm go. glad you noticed it. Yeah. It's I just like he named all these spiders. He's like, this one is named after the angel of death. This one's named after the... This one is named Frank. Like, uh, he he's a cool dude. And I don't I don't. It's like him. Frank's a cool dude. Like, like, just
0: <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so we get him feeding the spiders and that. And he has a special gift for his friend behind the wall. Yeah. And it is a cockroach. It, and it is a big cockroach.
1: It's like a Madagascar hissing cockroach. It's yeah. a big one but I like that he realizes that he's going to call whatever this is behind the wall sack met. It's like, okay, great. You've already been studying Egyptian, like, you know, iconography and like mythology. You're like, I'm going to name this thing already. It's like, I think you already knew what you were going to name this thing. You mm. know? Yeah. So yeah. He- <laughs> I'm going to miss one. Bruce. Like-
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Period. Um, but uh yep. yeah, so he feeds the he feeds a roach to the giant spider and we find out now, like a, a little bit closer now that it is a like, big, big ass spider behind yeah. the wall. But it's like um,
1: spirit store size spider. Yeah. It's like it's huge.
0: Uh I like I like the Roomba thing. That was bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um so like the next scene here is that we get uh that Elmer got a letter. He got oh, something yes. in the mail. Yes. Yes. So we find out that it is something that is uh, like parchment like uh, what would you say uh, Egyptian parchment. It's
1: Egyptian parchment it has like um, some like hieroglyphics on it which like, in a way I wish it would almost been like the same imagery from the first story yeah because it, it, the, fir- the, the the image on the the, the box with the Subaraya was like like horizontal. I wish that this is horizontal, like it's like a burnt parchment. Mm. And I don't know. I think it'd be funny, like just because the callback, because I think it'd be interesting, but it was like the same. I don't know. Like if you're going to connect the two, like I think that'd be interesting. But yeah, so it's him then digging through his books, trying to figure out what this says. And there's a confirmation of like, oh, I don't know if this is going to help you, but I think you'll dig it. It's like, yeah, we're just going to send convicted uh, prisoners, uh, like sacred texts of Egyptian you know hieroglyphics. I just hope for the best. I do like that the letter was opened before he got it, meaning that someone looked at that. They're like, I don't know. And just like, yeah, like it's anything, not a saw you know, blade. Yeah, it's like oh, it's not crack. Oh, okay, great, okay, it's fine, whatever, Anyway, It's not, it's not one more spider. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's cut off. Oh, <laughs> well, it's not a pack of sea monkeys. That'd be weird. Let's just give him. That's fine. Let's give him the letter. It's fine.
0: So, you know, he he starts to investigate this. He's uh, reading into it, trying to figure out the text, what it means. And then he starts to decipher in that. Yeah. And at some point he he drifts off, he falls asleep. And that's when he, we find out why he's in prison. He goes back to a memory of this is his mother. I believe.
1: I believe so. Yeah. yeah. his mother who's like suffering and she's uh, in a wheelchair and like despondent. And he comes home with like flowers for her. And he's like, Hey, this is your favorite. You can tell he he really does care. And in his mind, it's a mercy killing. Right. You know, it's like, so he's like, hey, I know you're done suffering. Like, this is what you'll appreciate. Please, please, please. And it's like, so he puts whatever. I, we're going to get, I think it's spider venom. I think that's the whole thing, right? Like he puts something in her that causes her to pass. And that's where he, that's why he went to jail. Because he had access to chemicals. And in his mind, it was a mercy killing. However, since she couldn't like you know
0: actually respond
1: yeah it, yeah it gets a little fuzzy right, right. So.
0: so and then that's when all of a sudden he's woken up abruptly and it is uh it is Polish Frank and his uh, and his goon
1: I wrote my notes here Polish Frank and his, po-boy. And like, his po boy <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's
0: a good one um so I have,
1: I have my moments folks I hope you guys enjoyed <laughs> that cuz you
0: know he he looks more like a grinder um I don't, know, I don't know
1: but, uh, I mean that's me on a Saturday night. That's a way different. I mean, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> So uh Polish Frank is there to rough him up and uh I don't know, get payback, get the the opium. I don't know. He's just there to kind
1: of like apply pressure. Yeah. He usually like, like breaking one of I believe he breaks one of Elmer's fingers. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. He, uh, Elmer also says to him because they have access to the cell. Mm-hmm. They're there's not like it's nighttime they're yeah, in that cell yeah, without we
1: find out that off like a per, like was it was an officer Dillweed opens the cell because he's an asshole right so yeah. that's so that's why we get um polish frank and uh the po boy coming in there roughing him up and not only do they break his fingers is this you need to make this faster he's like you guys got to give me time you never get you never ever get the notion that he's delaying what's going on however you do get that elmer he's working for something else right and he has his own time frame but I don't think he's delaying making the opium. I just think it's just that, like, like I don't know. It's one of those things that you don't get the notion that he's, like, pushing it off. Like, I think that it's, like, you know, time and place. And if whatever I'm working on doesn't work, I got this. But the powers that be that are forcing him to do the thing that they do don't understand that, like, you know, sometimes the shit takes time. Mm-hmm. And they're going to keep forcing this guy that, you know, and they're going to break his fingers, they're going to like break all the glass uh, jars of the spiders and they're going to start stepping on spiders. They're going to make is, a point. Yeah.
0: They're like, this is not enough. Breaking yeah. your fingers, I don't think that's enough. So we're going to start killing your spiders. So Frank dumps one of the spiders onto the floor and steps on it. And of course, this really upsets Elmer. He's trying to scream and cry. Yeah. And, you know, uh, the goon has his, his hand over, mm-hmm. over Elmer's face. He can't do anything about it. And that's when uh, Frank goes a little too far and he grabs the next container with a spider in it and he holds it kind of on the side. Uh, and so it's like tipped over a little oh, bit because
1: he does the thing where he sniffs it. He's like, oh, that's, that smells so bad. And yeah. this is also a weird thing. Right. So I think my favorite part of the episode is when that 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 spider that is like the size. I don't know. It's it's pretty big. It's not the biggest of them, but it gets out and then jumps up and just just launches itself into the eye a Frank and actually like punctures, like, you know, the lens like bites the- down right on his
0: yeah. so yeah, cornea. It's like
1: you, 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 you've, um, you've popped that egg yolk is what what oh, happened yeah. here. And, and Frank's upset. It's like, well, yeah that's what you get. You idiot. Right. Yeah.
0: So, um, yeah. So he, he's going nuts. He starts like just going ham in this room, like mm-hmm. throwing things around. He throws all the jars on the ground and, um, cause all the jars are open at this point, they, all the spiders make their way out.
1: Yeah. They're all like, well, there's this opening down here. Let's just go beat feet towards the, you know, whatever this is yeah. like <laughs> our leader. Um, so they, they go into the wall.
0: And all of a sudden, that's when we get uh, Officer Dill. He comes in and he's like, what the hell is going on in here? But guess who's accompanying him? Yeah. We got uh, Officer Willis, who is not a, a part of this this whole deal.
1: No, it's like I think Willis knows that Dill is an asshole. And he, I think he knows that Polish Frank and po' boy are assholes as well. But it's like it's one of those things. It's like he understands if he's there, they can't say the quiet part out loud. You know what I mean? Like it's this thing where it's like he knows this corruption, but until they acknowledge it, he can't do anything about it type of thing. So yeah. So they end up getting a Polish rank to the infirmary because, you know, his, his eyes been popped by a spider rightfully. So
0: yeah. So his uh, eye looks like a hot hemorrhoid. Like it's, it's not yeah,
1: good looking. Yeah. He's got a case of the piles on his face. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. And then, you know, po' boy exits, whatever. But then, um, so the whole thing is like uh, the dill is like, oh, what if, uh the spiders attacked, uh, you know, Polish Frank? And it's like, okay, great. But why were they in the cell to begin with? And it's like, so that's what what Will's is like, well, none of this makes sense. Like, why, why are they in here like late at night? Anyway, so whatever. So what this ends up coming out to is that after they take um, uh, Elmer to go get his fingers addressed is that the, the, the warden or the director of the prison the next day is like, hey, um, there's a lot of large spiders here. We're gonna fumigate, which by the way, not the wrong decision. But the notion that like they believe this now because five got free versus like there's not been evidence of like a hive, <laughs> or not hive, you know, whatever you'll call them, a nest of spiders. I don't know. It's just like we're gonna fumigate. And then they're gonna like, we're gonna get everybody out of here, and it becomes a thing, whatever. So that's when we find out that like uh um, well, I
0: think the, yeah. I, I think this is also where a fire is lit under uh, Elmer's ass. Where he, it's like,
1: he, he needs to do what he, he wants to... He needs to complete what he's going to... The, the clock's ticking. Right. You know? Because
0: so. he's, they're also... They're going to move all these inmates to a more Another, yeah. dangerous and overpopulated part of the prison. Yeah. So I don't think Elmer has much time here. And so he... He starts setting up what appears to be a spell. So he Mm -hmm. writes, he draws all these little hieroglyphics or whatever on the ground with chalk. He sets himself up in the middle and he starts reading this incantation, which all of a sudden. The little, the little spiders start coming out of the wall, and they start crawling onto his body. I
1: like he call them little in, in any other situation. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah because like, nope. big
0: dude's coming out, you know. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we get this basketball size.
1: Yeah, the Doomba that's coming Yeah, out. yeah. yeah, it, is, uh,
0: yeah it is nuts looking. Um, it comes out, and it slowly starts crawling onto his body. And he's still uh, saying this incantation, and all of a sudden, the spider...
1: It's like open the pathway, like take me. Basically, he's like, you know, he's, asking, offering. he's offering himself up to the spiders, uh, right. like an Egyptian incantation, which I, uh, whatever, I know he translated it. Like I, I always get weird about like when somebody translates something from one language to another, it's like, all right, well, so where, where is the power in the belief or is it in the words themselves? Because like it's, this is thousands of years old. So do spiders understand English versus Egyptian? I don't know. Anyway. Either it way, weird. it gets, you know what I mean? Whatever.
0: Yeah. It's suspension of disbelief. So, you know, I mean,
1: we're, we already just saw a painting come to life and kill somebody in the last episode. So the last yeah. portion, so you anyway. know what
0: you're in store for. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, so, you know, he, he offers himself up and the spider like jumps at his face and that's at the end <laughs> I, of that. Yeah.
1: I wrote as uh, a second. comment says hello. That's what yeah. I wrote,
0: like a- and then, um, just a moment later, uh, to come investigate, not really, Officer yeah. Dill, Officer Dill comes to uh, pay a visit. We'll put it that way. Um, he he comes to the cell and he notices that he doesn't see Elmer off offhand yet.
1: Well, because he looks down, right, and he sees like the the symbols on the ground, and he sees-, sees
0: the symbols on the ground, and he sees clothing that is posed as if somebody is laying there. Even the shoes, and there is no body in this clothing. So. And as he goes closer and closer to look into the room, because it's dark also, um, all of a sudden he gets like Webb, Webb on his face. And then he's like, he's thrown off by that. And all of a sudden, Webb shoots down and grabs one arm and then shoots down and grabs the other arm. And then makes it, will, it raises him up into the middle of the room. It like levitates him about a foot and a half off the floor. Yeah. Which... That wouldn't work that way, but either way, <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> I like that we're questioning the physics of this. Yes,
0: and as we go in the room, we see the like the camera view pan around, and we see what. Uh, Officer Dill sees this, is this giant webbing, this yes. like almost like a cocoon type situation. Whatever yeah, it reminded nest. me,
1: it reminded me of the pharmacy and the film The Mist. Yeah, yeah, that's like, a good call. Oof. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then all of a sudden, we see the giant spider, but the giant a, spider, a giant spider, yes, yeah. Well, it is, it is quite a bit different now. Oh no,
1: no, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So there is instead of the regular abdomen on the back of the spider, it is it is a head. It is it looks a lot like Elmer's head. It's
1: the head of Elmer with spider legs and like spider eyes on the front. It doesn't look that dissimilar from the eye stalk spider monster from the thing um that approaches uh Dill. And it's a, it, that's a cool looking effect.
0: Yeah, I am glad he, I'm glad they didn't do the line from when that, that scene happens to. Well
1: I agree with <laughs> that, yes.
0: But um yeah, and all of a sudden it just it lunges at him and that's the end of that sequence. And all of a sudden we see that there are more guards and the director and Willis, Willis coming over to the cell as the director and the other guards are looking in and they look terrified. Mm-hmm. And as Willis, Officer Willis looks in and sees what they've seen, this this uh, suspended body covered in web. And it's just, it almost looks like mummified, like all the moisture has been sucked out oh, of yeah, the body. He
1: was, dra- he was drained, yeah. He's he's a ketchup packet that's been squeezed out as a human. That's what he is. And that's that's the
0: end. That's the end of our sequence there. Yeah, and it pan, that's it,
1: it. Pans out. And-, and and Willis is like, oh, this is messed up. And and uh, Dill got his uh, due. And uh, Polish Frank got stabbed in the eye. And the po boy, I don't know. But that's it. Like this was fun too. This was like, I, I think it's the weaker of the two segments. But that that doesn't mean that it's not bad. Right. I think it's, I think it's perfectly okay. I also think in a weird way that, um, Elmer as, um, as somebody that committed a mercy killing that you may or may not agree with, he actually got what he wanted. So in a way he kind of won, like, that's not something you normally see in creep show where it's like the, the main character actually get what they want, gets what they want, you know, or gets what they want without like, um, strings attached. I think this is what he wanted, you know? But that also, I feel like if um, you watch this, you're like, if you're the person that said, hey, we're going to fumigate, and you're like, well, that's a head spider, yeah, bring it on the bug bomb. we're really going to fumigate right now. Do you
0: call the Ghostbusters, dude, <laughs> that thing it's no, that thing.
1: <laughs> Kill it with
0: fire. Yeah, I don't, um, yeah, yeah, I don't think your local uh, bug killer is going to get that, man,
1: that is... <laughs> It's not John Goodman from Arachnophobia, where he's gonna walk in and stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, um, no, it was it was perfectly creepy, and it was fine. I just, um, it it didn't do anything any different. So, but it, it doesn't have to. It was perfectly okay. It's like it presented like these elements, and you got what was going on, and you kind of cheered for the guy, and you kind of understood his his position. You can't forgive what he did because. We ultimately don't know if what he, if he, he isn't necessarily the one to make the decision to end his mom's life. We don't know. We don't know. There There's a lot of context there that we don't know. Right. But with that being said, everybody else involved, aside from Willis, are also terrible too. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, um, it's perfectly okay. I didn't dislike this portion. I thought it was okay. I, I'm glad it was
0: different. You know the the you know it, having the play setting of a prison and mm-hmm. having different characters having different motives and that I like that. I like that it is something that we haven't seen in creep show or any other narrating uh, narration. Like this is uh, this is fine. The closest that I I can even associate with this, it is the the mummy story from Tales from the Dark Side, where you know you got yeah, the geeky guy yeah. who has the the. Egyptian um, book, and he starts reading incantations out, and and starts controlling something like there. But it's like it's I'm, still not the same. Sorry, sorry, you mean Steve Buscemi? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Still, so. you know, it's like it's still different enough, so that's cool. I'm, I, I actually like, I like this episode, but not like loved it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So
1: compared right. to the uh, two, and yeah, any other notes? No, that's all it. Right. That the spider boy would become a spider man. Um, I'm gonna give that a one. Yeah, that's a one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's a one. Um,
0: yeah, I, I could. Yeah. yeah, I could see the drawings on the floor for this one. So. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. But yeah, either way, it's like it's 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 perfectly in the wheelhouse of um of you know creep show and tales from the dark side. So all right. So uh, before we get to social media, I know we're halfway through um the current season. I here's my thesis. I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode. I, I, I think I I appreciate and I enjoy the conversation that you've had each week. I think, I think we like it's, it's a lot of fun to talk about this stuff. Um, I'm beginning to view creep show as kind of like the little, little Debbie snack cake version of anthology where it's like, yeah, cosmic brownies are great, but do we need them every week? You know what I mean? Like after a while you're like, I don't need cosmic brownies all the time. Like, and we got three more, three more weeks to go and we're going to, we're going to do it. But it's like, I think this kind of, this kind of, uh, kind of horror, um, I appreciate, but I think I'm, I think where I'm at with it is that I need it, um, spaced out. I need other things to chew on before, like, cause this is, this is pure, this is pure junk food. Yeah. And I'm not that's not a negative. It's just that, but you can't, your life can't be junk food all the time.
0: Yeah, there. It, I mean, there is definitely a setup to this where it's like it, you can digest it, move on to something else, maybe cu- catch another episode like three months later. And I, it's not something you have to binge. Honestly, I, I would not recommend somebody binging this series. I think you'll get fed up of it pretty quick. But that's not to say well, that it is a bad series. Yeah,
1: it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, it's like if you eat the thing that you love over and over again, you're going to get sick of it. And I think that this... I mean, this is also very, um, it feels very very Halloween where it's like, oh, I love Halloween candy for a while. Yeah, I can't have it all the time. And I feel like, and I think six episodes per season, six, seven episodes per season is actually a really good amount, you know? Because, I mean, a lot of other series will go longer, like, per season. I think that's probably the right length for this. It's the sweet spot. Yeah. yeah, so I'm not saying that, like, I am sick of this. I'm just saying that I can understand why that, um, like I, I'm, I I still, this is my admission. I'm one episode out from finishing season one or, or, and I I need to watch season two and you've told me some good stuff there too. But at least there's like, it's a small, it's a very small sample size to get into. Right. So, um, I will complete it. It's just, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, your mileage may vary and your taste may vary as well. Um, my recommendation for this is I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. I hope you guys watch the episodes with us. Cause I think it's a lot of fun. I would just say in the meantime, just grab a palate cleanser. It's also October. Watch something else. You know, like I know we talked about the twilight zone and again, sometimes like, I think that I think the creep show unfortunately has a narrower lane to exist in than like the twilight zone. Meaning that it always has to be like monsters and horror versus like you can't, I mean, because it's it's the EC Comics thing, right? It's like, it's very much more goopy and monster based where like Twilight Zone can be wide open of like, it could be a lot of things. You know what I mean? Like in terms of science fiction or, you know, even weirdly spiritual, it can, like you can kind of get a lot more latitude out of it where this is more like, these are all like, uh, like campfire tales or like, you know, like it's more... It, ha- it knows what it is. And that that's a wonderful thing to be. It's just that, like, you know, how many times... And maybe may everybody's mileage may vary. And you might say, this is exactly what I want to be at. Good on you. Great. Um, I can't have the same meal over and over and over again. You know, before I get tired of it. And I think six episodes is probably the right amount.
0: Yeah, and that's fair. And I, 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 I do see what you're saying about it being, like, monsters and everything. But there is an episode that I definitely I would.
1: You keep talking about it in season two. I need season to to two. It, yes. Yeah.
0: So yeah, just, you know, keep on, uh, well, keep I will. on.
1: Yeah. But it's like, I even feel like something like black mirror has a little bit more latitude, even though it's more technology focused. I think it's a little bit more wide, wide open of what can be in the scope of it. And again, I mean, we, we talked about stuff from the dark side. We like, there is, I don't know, 8,000 seasons of that, that we can get to too. And I think there's going to be a lot of fun to be had there. Right. It's like, you know, it, it's like, um, oh, what was it? Uh, we just passed in September, like, um, the anniversary of The Outer Limits, the premiere in the 60s, right? It's, it's, it's you know, there, shows can serve a certain purpose and um, certain fan bases. And if that's the itch you want to scratch, I can't say you're wrong. I'm not, I'm not, that's, I like this episode. I thought this was a lot of fun. Um, I had my problems with the previous one, um, the first part, especially the second part's not bad. Uh, and, I, and I like the idea that it's like, okay, great. Just shake it off. Something's coming different. And we have three more to go, right? The next episode we're going to get into is uh, called Stranger Things. I hope that's not a pun on Stranger Things. And a meter reader. We're going to get into this next week. Spoiler. I uh, Actually, you know, here. <laughs> what about what, Before we even get to the social media, one of these. And now, Mr. Serling. Okay, so next week, Stranger Things, meter reader. I got to announce that officially. Um, I don't know. It's like. I, I i like this but it's just like there's certain things where it's like you have you have an itch to scratch you have a flavor that you want and then after but you're like mm, i'm good for a minute you know but we're, we're gonna we're gonna march through it's only three more weeks it's not like it's forever so yeah yeah so uh, yeah, uh for social media though sir yeah please please i'm sorry i, I jumped the gun no it's no, cool please that's please cool please. so
0: uh if you folks are digging this if you uh, want to interact with us we are on social media we are on uh We're on the good old Facebook, and uh, if you want to find us, we're Strange Highways Podcast on Facebook, and you can also find us on Instagram at the same title, so... Please interact with us. Um, you know, uh, what? what is our email address? I always forget Strange that.
1: Strangehighwayspodcast at gmail.com.
0: Who would have thought? So, yeah, come ahead and uh, connect with us over there to uh, send us some recommendations. Tell us if you're liking Show. Tell us what, if, you know, like you totally adored the last two episodes and we're complete schlubs and we don't know it- what we're talking about. But, um, yeah, we're having a lot of fun here. Um, and you guys can join in. You know, just uh, tell us what's up.
1: Yeah. Wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. Uh, we're on, we're on um, the Spotify. Um, you know, if you find us on uh, Stitcher, uh, Podbean, uh, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. And also, the more the merrier. Um, like, you know, like I know we're getting into a lot of Little Debbie snack cakes right now. But maybe you also like Little Debbie snack cakes. Maybe maybe your preferred one is Cosmic Brownies versus Star Crunchers. I don't know. There's a lot of Little Debbies out there that we all like, right? So Sugar. He Gotta love that sugar. <laughs> what Terry? What's your favorite Little Debbie snack? Here?
0: Oh, geez, it, it might be those little heart ones. The the ones that have like little sp- sprinkles on top. Okay, and yeah, it's just filled. No, with...
1: around Valentine's Day they do the cherry cordials. That just they're the death of me. Uh, I love them. I don't and... know.
0: I don't think it's made by Little Debbie, but there's the little <laughs> pumpkin treats.
1: No, they do them too. Oh. They do the little pumpkin ones, right? And then yeah, like oh like uh, you can't go wrong with an oatmeal pie. It's I feel like, like they're the basic bitch of Little Debbie's. But you also have your regular brownies. And then if you want to venture out the cosmic brownies, but yeah, there's, there's plenty like (laughs) there's, there's the turtle brownies they put out there. Like the, the brownie with like the turtle, um, fudge and stuff on top. It's like, it's, it's deadly, but I don't know. I don't know how such a cheap ass dessert company makes, desserts that i want to eat all the time but yeah
0: check out our other podcast about snack <laughs> food yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. it's going to be um yeah it's gonna, it's going to just be us talking about little debbies it's going to be amazing uh but yeah that's going to do it for for us this week next week it's going to be stranger Things and uh, meter reader and again uh let everybody know if you're enjoying this uh detour we're in the middle of october which is the spookiest of months and also i also want to let you guys know that i was talking about earlier was isopods look them up and be terrified That's the creature from the bay. Because the spider thing was not enough. No, look up isopods and then realize that they're a lot larger. Um, Christ in heaven, they're terrifying. (laughs) That's what I'll say. So in the meantime, have a good week. Have a safe week. And I don't know, um, don't be an asshole. And by art, that's going to kill you.
0: Uh, Just don't be an asshole. Yeah, for sure. Wade Cruz
1: the tech mega billionaire oh, today only the genie who's about to make your life so much richer Probably want to thank me in advance no seriously
0: you're gonna want to do that thank you you're welcome <laughs>